Minds of Meaning Podcast. The Minds of Meaning Podcast. A podcast where we grow together in understanding the unique ways that God has created us. Here's our host, Austin Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Minds of Meaning Podcast. My name is Austin Anderson. In the fifth episode of the podcast, we interview Jason Rates and Caitlin Neal, the co-founders of Speak With People, which is a recent startup providing services in the field of communication. Caitlin is actually an alumnus of Judson University, the school at which I am employed at, as well as the school where we are recording this podcast. Without further ado, here's our conversation between myself, Jason, and Caitlin. Guys, it's so great that you're here. Thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Love being here. One of the things I noticed about your organization with Speak With People is we believe in healthy communication is oxygen for our relationships and our leadership. What does that mean and how does it kind of manifest in what you guys do? Now the dance of who wants to go first. I was going to say, Jason, you're the one that coined this phrase. So I think uh, this one's on you. I love it. I love it. Well, you know, every single human being communicates all day long. You know, we communicate with our words. We communicate with our nonverbals, with our eyes, with our body language. And the right kind of communication can really launch someone or it can sink someone. And we get to choose whether it's going to be healthy or unhealthy. And so we kind of break down this speak with people, not at them. Speak with is the healthy side of it. So we're breathing life into people with our communication, whether it's our words, whether it's our nonverbal communication, whether it's the encouraging text, whatever it is, or we get to choose unhealthy communication, which is when we speak at people, we talk down to them, we suck the life out of them with our communication. So that's really where it came from. I love all things effective communication, but I've worked in a whole lot of places where people are effective communicators, yet it's still pretty unhealthy communication. So we would love to teach leaders, empower them, coach them to communicate in healthy ways, and they themselves be a healthy leader to be able to do that. Take us through how you both decided to start Speak With People. Words are so powerful. I believe that they can change people's lives, like Jason was saying. And so that it kind of is what birthed this idea of we can have a movement, a movement of people just encouraging each other and speaking life into each other. And what a huge difference that would make for our culture. Yeah, I love that. I go way back with Caitlin's husband. I was on staff at a church in the Chicagoland area a long time ago, many moons ago. And we met. Jason has known my husband longer than I have. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> then I was able to meet Caitlin, was able to be the officiant at their wedding. And so only had a few mess ups and uh, some fun moments. But yeah, last summer, we were just kind of all dreaming together about what it would look like to you know, start an organization to really help leaders improve their communication skills. What could we do with this unique bent? Lots of organizations out there help you be more effective, help you be a more polished public speaker, help your body language, but from a holistic standpoint of from the inside out to be healthy. So we just started dreaming and putting plans together and it's just slowly been evolving and forming. Let's take a little deep dive now into what are some of the services that you guys provide and offer and make marketable to anyone you come in contact with? Well, we like to say, you know, when we talk about elevating the importance and practice of healthy communication. So this is a decision that every person, every leader has to make to invest in their communication skills. So whether it's face-to-face, 
face-to-face, we like to say that's when we speak with people, interpersonal communication, whether it's communicating to a team as we lead with people, whether it's communicating from the stage where I'm in front of people, that's when we present with people, or like we are right now, we're communicating over a screen. We do virtual with people. So for each of those areas, you know, we want to be able to help them become a more well-rounded, holistic communicator. So when it comes to the speak with people, we've developed a training program called Healthy Communication Skills. We've been leading trainings with banks and companies and church staffs and organizations to be able to walk them through. How do we get this interpersonal communication thing down, especially in 2023, where all around us, we just see communication falling apart with nothing but onslaughts of hate and anger and frustration and yelling and all that kind of stuff. We also have a course we've called The Pathway, that it's a step-by-step guide to help you become a more clear, confident, and captivating communicator when you're up front in front of people. There's different tools that we have that are available. And then we have different coaching opportunities. I'll hand that one over to Caitlin so I'm not doing all the talking. But you love to communicate so much. <laughs> yeah, we have a few different types of coaching. We have the presenting skills, right? Figuring out how to craft your message, your speech, your presentation. We also have a coaching that takes it a step deeper, like Jason was saying, a holistic approach of, okay, who am I? More of a life coaching type program, a life design program that helps people figure out, okay, who am I? What is my message? What are my values? What's my mission? And how do I communicate? that. So tying all those different types of coaching together so that people can be a, an effective leader, effective communicator. You guys were talking a little bit about speaking with or speaking at people, especially when it comes to, as Jason, you were mentioning, communication in 2023, even when we're trying to speak with people, we're finding ourselves a lot of times being in kind of condemning situations or we're not like really trying to grow as individuals speaking with one another. What are some tips and traits as you started this organization, you're finding that it's really a good way to continue to speak with people on a positive note? Oh, I love that. One of the things, you know, I thought I had coined this phrase. I thought once, you know, I came up with something purely on my own. I was like, yes. Uh, it turns <laughs> out 30, 40 years ago, the great Vin Scully, former LA Dodgers broadcaster, he said it once in one of his opening day things, we want to speak with people, not at them. I didn't realize that, but we kind of grabbed it from Proverbs 10, 11 from the message. The mouth of a good person is a deep life-giving well. That's the speaking with people, breathing life into them. And then the mouth of the wicked is a dark cave of abuse. That's the speaking at. And so we've kind of, for each of those different areas, the one-on-one communication, the speaking from a stage, we've kind of come up with a list to be able to go, okay, it's different for everyone. And some things change time to time, but here are some qualities of speaking with people. Here are some qualities of speaking at people. Because the reality is, like I said in the beginning, we all communicate all day long. And if we never take a pause to be able to go, oh, am I communicating in a way that they're actually listening or have I started doing it in a way where they just shut down and that's it, you know? And so hopefully some of these tools and assessments help them go, oh, okay, I need to take a step back. And that's why I love the coaching part that specifically the life coaching part that we do, because it really addresses the inside of us. If the inside's not healthy, there is a very large chance that what comes out of our mouth, how we communicate is not going to be healthy. And so if we can start there, that's where we can make sure that we are communicating in a healthy way. So like when we speak at people, 
we have a tendency to manipulate them with our words. When we speak at people, we really don't value our own health. So mentally, physically, emotionally, we're not really healthy. When we speak at people, we do more speaking than listening. We don't ask questions. We're the hero of our, all of our own stories. But when we speak with, we value our health. We're speaking words of encouragement. We are using our words to lift people up. We're asking great questions and then we're listening the majority of the time. So that's some of the things that we hope encourage people as they live this out. Well, and it's a journey. I can say we've created this company called Speak With People and pretend like we're really good at it. But honestly, you know, I'm, I'm not. It's almost uh, magnifies the fact of, okay, well, how can I change or how can I be more perceptive, more self-aware of how I'm communicating or not communicating? That's more of my downfall is the lack of communication. And so how do I grow in that? And so it is, it's a journey of learning to speak with people and to walk with people and do life together. That's really good. It does really get amplified. Reminds me, I was a pastor for 26 years. And typically that Sunday, if I preached on something, that's what I was dealing with all week. And now <laughs> that we talk about communication, I'm always going, oh man, I'm not very good. I need to keep pressing forward and learning. That's great words, Caitlin. Yeah. And I think symbolically, there's something to like, I don't think we're an expert in anything completely if you really dig down to the crux of it, right? And even like in our faith too, you know, striving to grow like Christ and be like Christ, it's always a work in progress, right? So there's always just some element of just continuing to strive and work good. But to say that we're these absolute czars of communication would be an absolute lie. One area that I think all of us, whether we're really seeking it out or even knowing that we're heading this direction, I think a significant majority of us in society, especially now in a digital world, are kind of looking for some sense of a platform, right? People go about it in different ways. But what would you both advise people to kind of go about finding that niche in a kind of a healthy way and a way that would be satisfying to their efforts? I think it's super important to know your values, to know mm. your mission, to keep that focus and to keep first things first. And from that place, it can come a little more naturally and a little more mm -hmm. honestly and authentically when it comes to like what types of platforms, things like that. That's hard. It kind of depends on the person, I think. I like to write. And so we have a Speak With People blog. That's one of my focuses with Speak With People is to edit and publish articles. And Jason loves to speak. And I know you like to write too, but that's more of his niche. And so speaking, he has his podcast that he invites people on and he coordinates all all of that and does that. And so we have two different areas and you know both do a little bit of each, but finding kind of that niche of what you're more passionate, what you enjoy. So it doesn't become hitting your head over and over again, trying to manipulate a situation to work out or a platform to grow. I love that. That's a great answer. And Caitlin's really humble. Like she's taken our blog from nothing to every single week. We're just publishing a great blog post article for leaders and communicators. I love what she said there about that. When it comes to a social media platform in a perfect world, I would love to just turn it all off. I know Caitlin's probably going to laugh because I'm a post a lot, but in this day and age of 2023, it's just so tiring. Everybody's trying to get heard. You know, I go on LinkedIn and I'm like, oh my goodness, everybody's trying to, you know, I've got this and this and this this and this and that. And I've done all of those things. I've tried to clamor for an audience and I've tried to build this and I've tried to post with clickbait to get more people to respond. And I've been too vulnerable online to where my mom's calling me going, 
what are you thinking? And I think what she said was just beautiful. You got to get to a place where you know your values. And then for me now at this phase, I try to use social media as just a simple tool to communicate my values, which are want to encourage people to communicate in healthy ways. And so I try to point people in that direction. I want to talk about communicating with my family and how important my family is. So I communicate about that. And then my dream someday is to open up for Nate Bargatze and be a comedian. That probably never will happen. But every once in a while, I try to put a funny post that I think is funny. It worked like one out of four times. So she had all the good stuff about building a platform. Your values have to drive it. It's just so crazy important. I think we touched on this a little bit in some other aspects, but maybe just in more of like a summary perspective. What do you guys think are the biggest struggles with communication in 2023? Wow. Well, I'll give a couple that just come to mind, you know, super quickly. I spend time throughout the week talking with leaders and they're, you know, trying to grow. They're trying to figure out how to be better communicators. I think one of the biggest struggles is just that people are trying to figure out how to be heard. And so when they perceive they're not being heard, they're getting louder. They're more obnoxious. They're posting louder. They're speaking louder. They're trying to stand out at work. And so those things just aren't working. And so they can't figure out why that's happening, which I think is a really tough thing in 2023. I think the other thing is that's really tough is everything we communicate is captured now. You know, our text messages, our videos, like everything. You're in a place and a time, you know, you can't say, well, I didn't say that. Well, actually you said it, you know, this way. And so that's the other struggle. You know, we've got to really think through how to communicate in such a better way than we've ever had to. And I think another one that I'll throw out and Caitlin can throw out some, we have more information readily available to us in milliseconds, more than the last 2000 years of history. I mean, were we created to absorb all of that information? And so, you know, figuring out those boundaries, how much do I allow the communication to come in? How much do I have to say back? You know, I'm not quite ready to get on TikTok and do dance videos. <laughs> um, so I'm glad that that's not. You can do uh, whistling now. Oh, I am a pretty good whistler. Yes. <laughs> that's a couple of my thoughts on that. <laughs> sure. Caitlin, any thoughts in your regard? I think a lot of it can have to do with just people's confidence and vulnerability. You know, if, if they're communicating and they're feeling insecure about who they are and they're constantly holding on to everyone's words and they're kind of constantly swayed back and forth based on what other people are saying, that changes a lot. That causes a lot of issues. So having that confidence in who we are so that we can communicate well in a healthy way and also be able to hear other people and brush it off if it's not something helpful or take it in if it is, I think is a big issue for right now. That's huge. I don't know if there's a time where you needed thick skin more than you know ever before. Most leaders, at some time, we have to stand in front of people and communicate. You're used to getting arrows slung at you or jabs, but now anybody, it doesn't matter who you are, you know, a post, a this, a you said something in your neighborhood Facebook group, those words that Caitlin said, be able to go, okay, you know, I heard those, but I don't think they're true, or I can recognize the parts that are. That's just so valuable to be able to do that. Public speaking is the number one fears. And so a lot of that stems from that fear of judgment of what are they going to think? Am I going to present well? Am I going to make myself look like a fool? And that all comes from insecurities. So when we can get to a place where we're not struggling internally with those things, then we can present with confidence and be able to communicate whatever material that we have in a way that is clear and effective. 
For me, I'm so passionate about healthy communication, partly because I've worked in a number of organizations over the years where I've felt that the organizational communication was just not healthy. Led people out of fear. We led from a place of authority. We forced people, hey, you know, you're lucky to have this job, so you better do it a good. And I've only worked for churches, so I can't imagine <laughs> what that's like. No offense to my pastor friends and all that kind of stuff. I can't imagine what it's like you now in the corporate world and how cutthroat people are to speak with people will help people be healthy communicators. So we don't have to communicate that way. Uh, years ago, when I was working on an MBA, I didn't finish, but I was working on it. They handed me a book called Primal Leadership by Daniel Goleman, all about emotional intelligence. And I went, wait a minute. We don't have to lead people this way. We don't have to lead from fear and control and authority. I was like, wow, this was refreshing. I think this was the way that God intended it. And so for me, that's you know one of the things that I hope we can accomplish. And like Caitlin said in the very beginning, we want this to be a lifestyle. The dream is someday people will stop as they're in an argument with someone and go, wait a minute, I'm speaking at you right now. Let me change course and speak. And even as a communicator from a stage, you can speak at people. You can throw out tons of information that has no logical stream to it. You can and talk down at them. So hopefully we're encouraging people to speak in a way that really does fill them with life. I think one area that we take a look at in differentiation and maybe some confusion is through different generations. The younger generation, some people are having a hard time connecting with those in an older generation and those connections. What are some things that you guys have come across in your findings and just connecting with people that might be able to help bridge the gap a little bit? Zach does our graphic design, which and he does a great job. We are super grateful for him. He does a lot of the website, things like that. And he is a year out of high school. So he's in the younger generation and we'll text quite a bit, which is normal. And I think being from a different generation, I see emojis and things maybe differently. So he would really like something that I may have texted him. Like he'd love it. He'd be like, oh, I love that. That's great. But he'd use a heart emoji. And for me, I'm like, <laughs> that's like real romantic. This is awkward. Like what's going on? I'm like, no, he is saying communicating with that is I love it. Not just feeling my head, but like I had to make that switch because it is two different generations speaking. So we had a podcast and a blog about this topic, about generations and communicating between generations. And though there is little things like that, that kind of go between generations that might get lost. Overall, from the research that I did when writing the blog, I realized that there is way more in common than that's different, that to the core of who we are, our values are similar. There's a lot more that we can understand if we go to that deeper level rather than just saying, oh, they're a different generation. We'll never understand them. We have a lot more in common than we realize. That's so good. We talked about digital communication and some of the ways that it has caused maybe some interferences in some regard, but how has it both helped and harm society today in terms of how we're communicating? Well, as I formulate a thought, Caitlin, is anything... Uh, yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry, I didn't jump in sooner to save you. I thought you maybe had something. I had something. I admit, there was a miscommunication over this digital platform. <laughs> oh, there it is. Reading it well. I think that when it comes to communicating digitally, when it comes to a harm, like the negatives, is that it, it removes a lot of the nonverbals. Video, obviously, we can see a little bit more. We can see facial expressions. We can hear voice inflection. But there's still a little bit that's missing because you don't see everything. You're missing some things. Depends on the camera setup. Going to just a phone call, you don't see any visuals, but you still have the voice inflection. Going to a text or an email, you're 
missing all the nonverbals. And so you can have a lot of miscommunication. Even if you throw in a few emojis, you can have a lot of miscommunication. <laughs> yeah, I led uh, staff teams for a long time. And so I'm in the Gen X phase of life. And so, you know, my last position, I led Gen Z and millennials and Gen X and some boomers. And so you have to learn pretty quickly, the boomers and Gen X, we're going to want to pick up the phone and have a conversation right away. But the Gen Z, you know, why would we call somebody? Why would we pick up the phone? You know, so I think sometimes the downside of even where we're at now is instead of just making the call, you know, we want to just shoot a text or we want to deal with it that way instead of just, hey, let's work this out. Let's get on the phone and figure all these things out right away. So dealing with that. And I think digitally as well, when it comes to goodness, even social media, we're so many generations. It's not just Gen Z. It's not just millennials. It's not Gen X. It's boomers. I mean, all the way up, we're getting our identity from our online platform because, you know, we have so many followers. We have so many of this. I lead a boys small group at my church and they're 10th grade boys. And some of them have 10,000 followers on their Instagram page. I mean, I can't imagine what that's doing in the long term for a 15 year old to get 500 likes on something and all of the dopamine that's happening in their brain. It's just a phenomenal time of life we're living in and seeing how we're going to be able to develop and figure all these communication things out. On the flip side, it connects people from all over. Jason is down in Florida. I'm up here in Chicagoland area, you know, you're Judson. And so it connects people. I can get on the phone and talk to a friend in California or connect with someone overseas. Even just during the pandemic, when everything was shut down, my mom and my son would have these Zoom play dates and they would play. And as a result over that time, they've built this incredible relationship that wouldn't have been possible without video calls. Absolutely. And you got to keep the pauses with the negatives, right? There's obviously all these connections. We just have to kind of just like money, right? Money, it's rude. It's not evil, but you just have to find <laughs> its ways to utilize it in good light, right? When it comes to communication, sometimes there's a situation where we just need to confront someone or be able to put ourselves in a situation where we need to address something. You talked about this earlier, Jason, the idea of how this society in general, you have to have a thicker skin, right? So we're probably always bracing for a situation where we might need to confront or feel like we're confronted. So we're naturally going to be almost more defensive in some regards, right? If we are to do the confronting, how do we best go about it in a manner that hopefully the defendant doesn't feel overly attacked, if you will. I think we, at the end of the day, I know in the past, I would have wanted to push it off as long as I can. And so the understanding and the realization, the longer I push this off, the more it's going to fester. Number two, you know, really think through, is this a conversation that I absolutely need to have? Is it on me? Is it my feelings? Did I take something the wrong way? Am I too sensitive? You know, what happened? And then if you walk through all of that and go, no, I think this is something we need to, don't shoot off a text and says, we really need to talk. Oh, geez. All that does is just stir their heart to be in worry mode or defensive mode, but call them and say, Hey, can we get a conversation? And can we talk this through and try to present what you're wanting to present, you know, in a healthy way, without attack, without judgment, but with love and grace and say, Hey, I care about you enough to be able to say this to you. And then it's kind of out of your hands at that point. People are going to respond one of two ways, right? They're going to either be really angry and upset and disappear, and then they'll ghost you or, you know, they'll maybe after thinking about it for a second or a few minutes or 
a few hours or a few days, they'll come back and go, okay, I may not agree with you, but I appreciate you sharing your thoughts and I'm going to do my best to not have that happen again or think through it or, you know, those kind of things. But I think it's tremendously important to be able to have those kind of conversations. When I was a student at Judson, I had a mentor and we were talking and I was just kind of sitting back, arms folded, legs up and not realizing what my nonverbals were communicating. And she called me out. She's like, if you (laughs) want me to mentor you, then you need to care. And I was like, oh. I realized it opened my eyes to something I was totally unaware of. And that was important. So I then decided, okay, I'll put more effort in and we were able to move forward. And then after that, as we were talking, I was sharing something from my life and she pushed me to share something that I had to be really vulnerable about and kind of open up. Like I'm not a perfect person. I have weaknesses and I just couldn't get it out. I couldn't say it at that point in my life. So I actually took a piece of paper and I wrote it down. And sometimes that's okay. Yeah, I think sometimes we expect, oh, you have to be very composed and speak very eloquently when you're trying to communicate something in a healthy way. But in reality, it's okay that not everyone's going to communicate in the same way. And if it helps you to write it down and share it with that person right there, obviously not text it like Jason said, write it down that way and just send it away. But you know, in person, write it down give it to them and be open and share that vulnerability. That can be a healthy way of communicating that as well. Yeah, so good just to process in that regard and really the nonverbals. And it kind of segues into my next question beautifully. Communication is a two-way street. So how are we as listeners in the best posture to listen, both verbally and nonverbally, to be able to process the information that's being told to us? So when we are listening to people, I encourage us to be aware of what we're thinking what we're feeling because people will say things and we'll automatically start coming up with a response or we'll automatically jump to a conclusion. And so first off, right off the bat, when it comes to listening, we have to listen to ourselves and listen to what's going on inside of us. What paradigms are we living out of? What kind of rose color lenses are we wearing that's distorting or coloring our perception of what's being communicated? So going back around full loop, that healthy place of being able to listen without just those automatic conclusions or assumptions. That's really good to process. Jason, any thoughts in your regard about how to effectively listen? Well, I mean, there's so many smaller parts that we can do to really lean into active listening. But like Kaylin mentioned, the big one, we're leaning back and crossing our arms. If we're playing with our hands, if we're keep looking at our phone and putting it down, if we're doing our thing with our watch, if we're sitting in a coffee shop with someone and we keep looking over our shoulder, no, we need to give them our attention, not pierce a hole in them by staring, but making sure we're there. As much as I can, I try to, when I sit down with somebody, I push do not disturb on my phone. I put it down in front of me. So I'm not always picking it up, looking at it, you know, doing those kind of things. And then coming to the conversation, just, you know, being open for what the conversation is. One of the things that we try to talk about in our training is we have two ears, one mouth. And so we should probably listen, you know, way more than double the amount we talk. And so how can we do that? How can we ask really great questions and not just questions that are like, how's your day? You know, those kind of things, but really great questions. And then how can we sit back and just listen to them? Let the information kind of flow in because when we really do listen to them and we kind of let that permeate, then we can remember that we can follow back up with them. When we see something that reminds us of them, you know, we're able to do that. So trying to give our full attention, our eyes, our body, you know, devices away and really being able to soak that in. This might just be a summary of a lot of what we talked about. How does one trust, like how does that build within a series of communications? 
trust is easy to break. I had a boss once who, when I started at the place I worked, he sat down with a pitcher and it was full of water. And he started off with a full and he said, hey, this is full. But every time, you know, you break some trust, you pour out a little bit of that trust each of those times. And so some people take it to reverse. Our relationships, we start with an empty one and you build it as you go. We're going to break trust in communication at times. And so when we do, we have to be able to go, okay, I acknowledge it, not just apologize, but say, hey, I'm going to strive to do this better. I'm going to work hard to be able to do this better. And I think there's a lot of grace that we have to give each other when it comes to it, especially in that I call it our home team. Our home team is the group of people that are closest to us. If it's the group of people that are closest to you, they know you well enough. They know your quirks. They know your giftings. They know you're this, you know, all that kind of stuff. If it's just somebody at a your workplace, you're going to have to work to redo it. Not to do a shameless plug, but we just talked about this on the Speak of People podcast. And we talked with a great coach and leader, Jackie Jeffrey. And she talked about from an organizational standpoint, different moments where she broke trust with her team. She was leading a team and how she had to get to a place where she actually had a couple of really close and key leaders that would give her kind of a heads up. Hey, you know, you came across really harsh right then might want to back up. So we have kind of some of those moments because some of us were steamrollers when we talk, you know, we don't even realize it. And so to be able to have some of those safeguards in place can really help. Another topic I think you guys have talked about over your time with Speak With People is how to be able to effectively communicate with ourselves, right? Like it's just as important to, as we communicate externally to also be able to be effective communicators internally. How do we do that effectively in order to bring the best out of ourselves? There are four parts to our internal landscape, an acronym called SIFT. So sensations, physical sensations, be able to identify how your body feels. If you're about to present, you're feeling those nerves, right? Being able to identify that and acknowledge it. I is images. So like our mental images, you know, how like a football player might visualize scoring a touchdown, being able to use that part in, in our, our mind to think through how am I going to communicate this? Where am I? What am I thinking? Things like that. F is your feelings and just those emotions and how am I feeling? How can I identify those emotions and how can I communicate those emotions? T is our thoughts, which are different up in our, our mind. What are we thinking? Is there lies or truth that we're thinking? How are those affecting us? Many times if we are struggling with confidence and we are feeling the nervousness of presenting, it's because we have some sort of fear and those fears are triggered by our thoughts. And so our thoughts, are they negative or are they positive? Are they true? or are they lies? If they're lies, then we want to get rid of those, replace them with the truth. If they're truth, are they positive or negative truth? Are they helpful truths? If they're not helpful truths, like for a college student, oh, I'm really bad at math. Okay, maybe that's true because I just got a C on my test or a D on my test, but that's not helpful. Yes, but I'm smart and I can study and I can learn and readjusting our mental focus and reframing that truth into a helpful truth uh, so that we can have those thoughts create confidence. So lies create fear, which create limitations, whereas truth and helpful truth create confidence, which creates possibilities. 
I'll add one thing, and it kind of piggybacks on a lot of what Caitlin said. Again, shameless plug, we just had a guest on the podcast, uh, Steph Ziv, and she's a executive coach, was a former TV executive for Oxygen, and today's show, she wrote a great book called The Choice is Yours, and she talked about how our internal voice, we get to decide who sits at the table for our internal voice. Mm -hmm. So, like Caitlin was talking about, if at one of the seats at the table, we have lies sitting there, or fear, or you know whatever it is, you got to make sure, especially who's at the head of your table. So, especially in our context as believers, obviously we have the Holy Spirit and we have Jesus and we're able to do that. But it's amazing how often those negative voices and internal thoughts get so dark and deep. And I thought that was a really helpful, okay, who's at the head of your table? Instead of saying, yeah, I'm horrible at math, I'll never be good. You know, you can change those words around and make sure the right set are at the head of your table. I thought that was a good illustration. Where can we find all this great content again? What's the best way to be able to really approach and embrace the Speak With People experience? Well, our website, speakwithpeople.com, has everything. You can find the blog there. You can find the podcast. You can find information about our different programs. You know, you're able to do that. And then we're on, you know, all the social medias, except TikTok. We're not on TikTok. Are we on threads yet? Oh, I don't think we're on threads. We're behind. But we're on Instagram, (laughs) Facebook, and YouTube. There we go. Thank you so much, Caitlin and Jason, for joining us on the podcast. If you want to learn more about how to seek out their services or simply just enjoy their podcast and blog, then go to speakwithpeople.com. I look forward to pushing out another episode in the next two weeks. Be sure to follow along and visit mindsandmeaning.com for more information. Until then, we'll see you later. Thank you for listening to the Minds of Meaning podcast. To learn more about Minds of Meaning, Visit mindsofmeaning.com or Minds of Meaning on the mainstream social media platforms. God bless.